Sairam, dear listener, welcome to Trist with Divinity, a series of conversations with devotees whose lives have been touched by the love of Bhagwan Sri Satya Sai Baba. Today we bring you part two of a conversation with Dr. Saumya Panchanathan. There's another exercise I would like to share that we do with our group for kids. Please. Um, we have one of them blindfolded. We've created a path that meanders. And w- three of the other students, we assign one to be the voice of God. The person doesn't know which one is the voice of God. And the other two are supposed to be other voices. And they should try and get the student off the path. And their exercise is to walk the path and try and figure out which one is the voice of God. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And we use that exercise to point out that sometimes it's very difficult to know which is the voice of God. So how else can you look at all the competing voices in your head and say which one is the voice of God? So these kinds of exercises and subsequent discussions can help to make these lessons concrete and then they listen start to listen to their voice of the conscience so how do how, what determines the voice of god you mean in real life no in this game in this game it's just a game they they they're supposed to tell how they thought how they obviously um what they'll say is something like i i had seen the overall path and i knew that it w- if they if i went left it wouldn't be correct or something like that or they said i thought this person's voice was calmer mm-hmm. or they might say um i thought you would have chosen this person to be god, god or, okay. you know it, it but it's a game uh-huh. the and point is life? it's in real life that's what we talk about is that it should always be um aligned with swami's teachings and it should make you a better person as long as what you are doing is making you a better person any difficulty you're going through is challenging you to become more patient is be- challenging you to become more kind is challenging you to become um more disciplined then take those challenges as soon as you find that it, you are actually becoming finding it so difficult that you are becoming crankier you are becoming more angry remove yourself from that situation temporarily and then go back to it if it's if it is meant to be part of your life it you have to go back to it but you remove yourself so that you can listen to swami's voice again and get more ideas very nice very a uh, practical suggestion good advice thank you uh swamiya you have such a stellar resume you are the associate program director at the phoenix children's hospital pediatric residency program you're also the theme director of biomedical informatics at the university of arizona college of medicine how much of swami do you take to work if you mean his name and his form I'm no 
but his teachings his teachings every day every day um when i teach it's interesting when i teach the pediatric residents and the medical students um i tell swami swami you i will teach the topic but you have to give the clinical experience or some experience that will make that topic stick okay and it has happened again and again to the extent that i tell all my residents and students i have an arrangement with the universe i will tell you something and you will go and have a an experience so that has happened many times you mean a patient uh, c- a case comes that matches what you've just taught yes, them yes exactly so they get a practical learning they get a practical learning immediately after or they get a question on a test ah that or a question on a practice test that will say i knew the answer because of what you had said uh-huh. that day so that is one thing as well um a lot of outpatient pediatrics is prevention a lot of outpatient pediatrics is teaching um teaching parents how to be good parents and that is completely swami's teachings um when i have students who don't aren't doing well at school that is patients who are not doing well at school and they are being considered questioning whether there is attention deficit one of the first things i tell them is to actually practice silent sitting i don't call it meditation but i ask them to start with 15 seconds and work their way up and do silent sitting as a method of um of building up that ability to sit quietly um even discipline the way i teach about discipline is entirely from swami's that you have to it has to be about teaching not punishment and when i teach the families i teach the pediatric residents how to teach the families as well mm-hmm. and so all of that is swami's teaching living a good lifestyle diet activity exercise treating your body with respect all of those things are swami's teachings so i don't see that i'm there's not a minute in my day when swami is not there um guiding what i'm saying to any person even when i'm teaching a full class mm-hmm. in a lecture type the idea is you want to get the students to understand that it's all about serving the patients any even when i'm doing biomedical informatics what's that about biomedical informatics is the use of data and information mm-hmm. visualizing the data in such a way that it gives you a better way to serve the patient i see decision support how to use all of these tools that we now have in a way that supports you being good to, to, with the patient and the the thing is it's very technical so it seems at odds with humanism care and compassion mm-hmm. but the idea is let the computer do what the computer does best so that you are free to do what a human does best with another human to give care and compassion to have to understand what this illness means for that person individually not as a group not every patient with this disease but that patient 
So you are freed to do that for the patients. And you want to give the best quality care. So informatics is also at the base of quality improvement, patient safety. So all of that is about Swami's teaching of excellence. And so you have to inspire excellence in those you teach. So even though I see patients primarily, most of my patient care is done through my students and residents. And, um, and I'm, I'm a taskmaster. I want them to think more broadly, to think more about the specifics of that particular patient. Mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, that you prescribe silent sitting as an antidote to ADHD and you know, the behavioral disorders. Does it work in your experience? So I actually um, find that that works as a good adjunct to the behavioral therapy. A lot of my current patients have a lot of other aspects of their life that is chaotic. And so I have experienced that in another context where I found it really works. The other context is I used to um, give classes in a school for homeless children. So these children were not familyless, but they did not have a set place to live every day. Each couple of days they would be moving around. So the school was set up for these children in such a way that they were not stigmatized if they couldn't have a shower. They were picked up from their new location and they didn't have to change schools because they lived in a new school district. At that time, when I used to um, teach there, I used to give something the equivalent of education in human values kind of class. And at that time, I would do silent sitting. And we started with just a very short silent sitting. It was amazing that these students who were so all over the place, when silent sitting started, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes, they could sit and they relished the silence and they would actually beg us beg me to do longer. And I think it was such a unique experience for them that silence was so wonderful. Mm-hmm. So I can say it works. For the, and I think it needs to be used more consistently at home by parents who really are committed to that. Sometimes it is easier for a parent to give a medicine than it is easier for a doctor sometimes to give a medicine. So from both sides, you need commitment to working with the child at home um, in order that we really decrease the amount of children who are prescribed the medications. Mm -hmm. I won't say that it does not exist attention problems that no child will benefit from a medicine. But there is a huge number that will benefit from a structured lifestyle and silent sitting on a regular basis that can do without medicine and instead have that. Mm-hmm. You also spoke about advising parents on how to manage 
uh, their children mm-hmm. and giving them uh, what I'm assuming are parenting tips based on uh, the kind of teachings that Baba has taught us more uh, more interaction more time with children mm-hmm. responsible parenting mm-hmm. how do the american parents receive such advice very well very well they i think that there is no difference uh, having grown up there and having lived all my life in the west i really find that parents are parents all the world around they want what's best for their children they may have different views on what is best but i think the natural instinct is to want to make your child happy and where i point out is that your job is not to make them happy today your job is to make them happy long term and therefore you have to um do certain things that may make them not happy in the short term and the methods that i choose are not harsh and they're very consistent i really focus on consistency i focus on choosing the battles that are ap- appropriate for the developmental age so in a 1 year old or a 18 month old you don't try and um discipline you just one you keep them safe you show you ignore tantrums because you show them that tantrums don't work that's not how they're going to get what they want and you hold their hands when they start to hit those simple things and slowly but surely they will learn you do those consistently without anger consistently as a teaching as they get older you start um making them responsible for small decisions do you want to wear this or do you want to wear this and when or do you want broccoli or cereal for breakfast <laughs> <laughs> correct and once they have but the thing key there is once they have made a decision mm-hmm. you make them stick with it so if they picked toast instead of cereal they don't get cereal until they have finished their toast mm-hmm. and then they learn the concept that if they make a decision they have to stick with it and they face the consequences of small decisions if they make a decision to wear a certain piece of clothing within the constructs of what you consider acceptable and that particular day somebody teases them that they're wearing something that's not in fashion or whatever not at all cool <laughs> then they will they will wear that for the, that day and then the next day they can choose differently so that you give them small choices within the bounds of what is age appropriate speaking of which speaking of age appropriateness our own children in growing up in the west and everywhere else i think uh, in urban india it's not any different the sai children the sai young adults they somehow tone between popular culture which is so based on body consciousness and body image and the sai teachings that we bring to them in the ssc classroom or the balvikas program based on higher aspirations so somehow it is a very difficult time for them to sort of integrate the two and find the right balance what is your advice to them directly never mind the parents So I will draw on my own experience as a teenager. Mm-hmm. I remember there was a point 
when I told Swami, Swami, why couldn't you have come into my life later so that I could have my fun as a teenager <laughs> and then <laughs> have those higher aspirations? So I'm speaking from that place. What I try and do is I use popular culture in the service of Swami. There are many songs that if you think about Swami in the song, mm. it looks like it's, it's the a love song to Swami. Exactly. It's a love song to Swami. Yes. It is a song of hope from Swami. And of that perfect love which you, yes. you are not going to find yes. around so easily. So in fact, what I have found my SSE students doing is they will f- themselves find these songs and they'll say, Auntie, this is a good song for us to practice for the next program. So, I actually have encouraged them to use both um, popular cultures um, f- in the service of Swami's teachings. There's a lot of songs about peace. There's a lot of songs about um, charity, generosity, giving. A lot of the s- kindergarten songs are about loving and sharing and friendship. So, use the popular culture of the country that you are in. And this is another way in which you bring the popular culture and diversity, and diversity into that. The stories also should be stories that they're familiar. Yeah, and, and in fact, I'm an SSC Group 4 teacher. Hmm. We use social media. Find me inspiring stories that you have found on social media. And one of my students routinely puts posts inspiring stories um, from this place where they are trying to seek Swami everywhere they see. Um, so I don't find it, it's not to be meant to be a dichotomy. I also tell them that if you have a talent for art, you have a great responsibility because art is like a megaphone. Whatever you are feeling, others will feel through your art. Whether it is song, whether it is dance, whether it is drawing, whether it's drama. You must have a responsibility that only your purest sentiments should enter that megaphone. And so, that's how I, ins- I try to inspire them to seek out those um, cultural aspects um, that will serve Swami's teachings. Mm-hmm. And Swamiya, after the Mahasanidhi of Bhagwan Baba, you have continued your bond with Prashantinilyam. Of course, your parents were here and your mother continues to serve here. Mm-hmm. But that apart, you have continued your visits to Parthi and attendance of Bhajan and Darshan. What keeps bringing you back? It is definitely a recharging place. And in fact, this time I have been absent for a long time. I think I came last in February of 2016 and events have prevented me from coming since then and that has been too long for me a year um, and a few months a year and a few months mm. um but so i do find i recharge but even the center 
I find that I, if I miss Thursday bhajan or Sunday bhajan, I feel like I have missed lunch or dinner. It's, it is necessary for me. The spiritual calories. <laughs> yes, yes. It is necessary for me. Mm-hmm. Very nice. So as a professional a doctor and a tea professor and a parent yourself, how do you guide young people to make good choices, lifestyle choices in an environment where there is um, such a bombardment of influences from the media or what is cool, what is hip, what is right, what is fashionable and what is not? I think one of the first things is when you are following Swami's teachings and you are joyful. See, I think a lot of times people feel that spirituality is very dry. It makes you serious. And boring. And boring. <laughs> yeah. So when you bring spirituality to fun stuff, games, um, exercising, uh, sports, music, uh, and just generally you live a wholesome life, all centered around Swami, but it is not boring. Then I think people look at it differently. Um, I think that's what I think inspires youngsters is when you are youthful in your attitudes, when you are um, not serious. Swami himself asked us to take spirituality seriously, but not to be serious. And there's a subtle difference. There is a subtle difference. Because in fact, I find that when you take spirituality seriously, you are so joyful from the tips of your toes up to the top of your head. Hmm. It's a joyfulness and an enjoyment of life that rubs off on everybody around you. Mm-hmm. And Samia, after uh, the Mahasanidhi of Bhagwan Baba, a lot of people were left uh, confused and lost and uh, didn't know how to manage uh, their relationship or sustain it with him without the form. How have you coped? So I think having lived in the West and we spent most of our time with the omnipresent Swami. So for us, it has actually been a slightly easier transition, I feel. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I have noticed is that when Swami was here in the physical form, the, the SSE teachings that we did focused more on His teachings. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we connected it as carefully, as intentionally to Swami the person. Now I am a lot more intentional about that. Could you explain how? In the sense that I have started to tell Swami stories illustrating some of the points that I talk about his attention to detail. Mm -hmm. Um, Telling that through Swami stories or um, that way they can connect to how Swami was an example of so many of these teachings. And I feel that we have to make a much greater effort to 
ensure this heart-to-heart connection between the SSC children and Swami. Because I think the teachings are so universal that they connect very easily to the teachings. And if Swami wills that that is all what those children need and that is all they need, that is okay. But I feel that there is a sweetness in the connection with Swami that I am becoming more intentional about so that they can understand that Swami did this and Swami did that and this is how he showed us that this is the way to live and this is why I was so inspired by him so that I can give at least a little bit to them of what I got. Mm -hmm. I think that he has given all of us and specifically he has given me so much that I feel that the only way I can repay him is by living my life every minute for him, doing things that he would want and doing, sharing what he has given me with others. Very well said. Samya, in light of the fact that uh, there has been this... Uh, very unfortunate drama that has taken place after Mahasanidhi where some people are masquerading as uh, mediums of Swami and trying to collect money, something that has never ever happened during the entire lifetime of Bhagwan Baba in the names of this new factions that are trying to put up some um, institutions. How do you guide people? How do you point them to the truth as you see it? Because you are an influencer. Right. In your Sai Center, in your Sai organization. Swami has always told me that there is nobody between me and Him. And so I feel that that is the, my answer, is that there's never a need to have a conduit to Swami. Um, I prefer not to... Um, I feel I cannot speak to the fact that I don't know. Maybe Swami did tell other people to do this or that. So I don't make a judgment on that. But I feel that my main lodestone, my main central aspect of what I believe is that we never need a via media between me and Swami. We never need any intermediary. He has told that many times. And the other thing he has told us is we do not need to collect money. So those two aspects, I feel, I do not feel that I need to go anywhere, do anything different than what I'm doing now. Thank you. It's been a great honor and uh, very interesting to hear your thoughts. Thank you for joining me on this show. I appreciate your presence. Thank you very much for the opportunity to share Swami's leelas. Truly. Sairam. Sairam. You just heard part two of an interview with Dr. Saumya Panchanathan. This episode of Trist with Divinity was recorded at the studios of Radio Sai in Prashantinalem on May 27th, 2017. Thank you and Sairam. Thank you.